Good morning from Jubilee Worship Center. It's good to gather us all together, whether we're in person or whether we're a virtual live streaming. It's good to be together. That's the important thing. And we gather around the Word of God, and we're looking at a series on light entering into darkness. Um, light does dispel darkness and I'm grateful for that as I know you are too I'm going to begin reading with Matthew 5 14 and 15 and this is from the passion translation your lives light up the world for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop and who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. I have meditated on that scripture quite a bit for the last few days. And what came to my mind was the beauty of the stars that God created to light up the dark sky. And then I thought of our dark world and how God has placed his light within each of us so that we will illumine his light to a dark world so it's as if we are a form of uh, God's stars in the earth so to speak and I don't mean stars like a movie star or anything like that I'm talking about a star that has our wills have been submitted to him we our wills have been broken before our God and we've said it's your will not my will and therefore the more that we submit our will to him the more broken we are the more star-like the more we can illuminate his light in the earth so he says your light lights up the world so that challenges each of us in whatever sphere that we're in, whether it be in our home or in a uh, singular relationship, whether it be in a church body, regardless of where we are on the workplace, um, whatever influence we have, he's saying, your lives light up the world. And so I'm saying, Lord, I pray that that's true for me. I pray that there's no dimmer switch on me. I know that your light lives inside of me. There's no question in my mind. But it's how bright that light can be in this world. And, and so he, he's reasoning with us. How can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? What, what a big analogy, a city on a hilltop. That's great influence of an area. So he's saying that his light inside of us has great influence. Or who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Well, maybe that is a point of conviction there to us. Are we, in fact, at times hiding our light? Um, thinking, oh, well, I don't want to upset, or what, what if I misunderstood, or what if they don't agree with me? Uh, and so we tone down the light. Now, this is not to negate the fact that we're to be led by the Spirit. I, I hope that that's understood, 
but um, he said, goes on to say, but instead it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. And you know, light is not always um, expressed through words. Sometimes light is simply uh, the sermon of our life lived out before others. So it may be that family member that won't hear what we have to say. They, their, their ears are stopped up and they're, and they're blocked from hearing the truth. But they're watching our lives. The greatest sermon ever given. And so, like I say, sometimes it will be through words spoken and then sometimes, most always, through our lives lived out. Because what good does it do for us to spout words when our lives say otherwise? Another scripture is John 1, 5, again from the Passion Translation. And this light never fails to shine through darkness. Never fails to shine through darkness. Do I believe that? Do I really believe that when I allow his light to live through me, do I believe that it will dispel darkness? I have to believe it. His word says it. Light that darkness could not overcome. So, the light of Jesus within us is effective. We may not see it immediately, but it is effective. And lest we forget that. All right, let's move on to Luke eleven thirty-three through 36, continuing with the Passion Translation. No one would think of lighting a lamp and then hiding it in the basement where no one would benefit. A lamp belongs on a lamp stand where all who enter may see its light. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. I want to just pause there for a second. Revelation light. That means where God reveals himself. It's not where I have memorized a scripture or where I, where I have just heard doctrine and I say, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. No, it's revelation light. It's where he has made himself known. And I know that in my spirit, man, and no one can take it from me. So the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. When your heart is open, the light floods in. Oh, that's the condition. When our hearts are open, the light floods in. But when your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. That's within our souls. So open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. Ooh, everybody want to say ouch together. Yeah, watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. Whew. If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp, reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. So when we see the lamp of God's greatness in this world, we're seeing him for who he really is. 
the full expression of Jesus Christ. And if we have not yet, then we're subject to the darkness that can fill that space. I don't, I don't think there's anyone here or listening in that would, would uh, agree. I don't think you disagree with me that we can all reflect back and remember times when the light was not shining on a certain area of our lives. And I'm not necessarily talking about sin, maybe just um, an unbelief or lack of knowledge, lack of under revelation understanding. And so darkness was there. But then when the light came on, whoo, how refreshing, how different everything appeared once that revelation came. So I think a warning to us today is to be careful what we are attracted to. Uh, you would, you know, you might say to yourself, how would I be attracted to darkness? Well, you know, most of the time, I don't think we just say I'd rather have darkness than have light. I think we are lured into places where the light is either dim or out. We're lured in. We are attracted to some of the things of this world. We entitle ourselves to... Um, whatever those areas can be, whether it's listening to too much media, whether it's uh, looking for too much entertainment, uh, believing in things we've learned at the university above the Word of God, things that can take us off track. And so um, we can be attracted, maybe even intellectually attracted to things. Well, if it doesn't make sense... If I can't figure it out in my head, then it can't be true. Well, um, <laughs> we're deceived when we believe that way. So, um, so we must be keenly aware of what is attracting us. I heard someone say it recently. When you wake up in the morning, what is it that motivates you to get out of bed? And the the sort of understood an answer to that question was whatever you love whatever you love is what motivates you to get up and get out of bed and get moving for the day it's something to ponder isn't it so um, we're, whatever we love propels us to, to move toward it. Well, what is it that we're loving? What are we attracted to? So what is it that dims our lights? Is it uh, maybe uh, an attitude that I have given myself permission to have? Uh, maybe a negative attitude and maybe I have a habit of, of looking through a certain type of lens and uh, like Murphy's Law, like, well, I wake up in the morning, let's, go, let's see what's going to happen to me today. Let's go see what negative things come my way today. Well, yesterday was a bummer, you know, in my mind. Not mine, but I'm just giving a hypothetical. Yesterday was a bummer, so we'll, uh, today probably we'll just top that one. Well, we're setting ourselves up for something dark to happen and we must look at our attitudes. What is it we are expecting to happen? So um, that will lead us to say or do things that can grieve the Spirit of God because he, has, he is here. The Spirit of God is in the earth walking with us to lead us into all truth. 
Well, if I'm not going into all truth, I'm not being led by him. I'm being led by negativity or anger or doubt or unbelief in my life or cynicism, something that's got me going in a negative direction. But we must remember this. The light of Christ changes a life. When light comes on, it illumines. Truth begins to prevail. And so what happens to us when we walk in the light of truth is that we're transformed. Uh, the scripture tells us that we, I'm going to read that in just a moment, that we're set apart, peculiar, different. And, and I know some of you have heard you say it. Some of your family members think you're weird. They think you're peculiar. Well, yes, we are. We are now, again, let's don't take on being weird in our own minds. And we think the weirder we are, the more spiritual we are. We're talking about uh, the persecution that comes for righteousness sake, not foolishness. And so we're set apart peculiar and different we're to come out from among them and be separate second corinthians the sixth chapter verses 14 through 18 again from the passion translation don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances for what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? None. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Now, that doesn't mean that we don't reach out to the unbeliever. But we must be strong enough that we are the greater influence than they are in our lives. What friendship does God's temple have with demons? Let me say that again. What friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, I'll make you, excuse me, I will make my home in them and walk among them. That's the light of Christ living within us. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason... Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean, and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you, and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Yahweh Almighty. What a beautiful promise to us, but with conditions that we're not to mingle with the world not to be a part of the world not to let the world get inside of us we are sojourners passing through this world we're we're in this world but we're not of this world but how much how much do we look like the world it's based on what what we're attracted to we're going to become like that which we behold so if I look at a lot of the world, I'm going to eventually become more and more like the world. Conversely, the more I look at the Word of God, the nature of God, commune with Him, the more I become like Him and allow His light to illumine. And I think we all agree today that the world needs light.
The world needs light. And he tells us in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, don't lose your flavor. Don't hide your light. We've probably prayed most of our lives, those of us who've walked with the Lord for a while, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How's that going to happen? It's going to happen by us becoming more like Jesus Christ and him living his life through us. So John the Baptist was sent to tell of the light of Jesus Christ that was coming. And he speaks of us being the witnesses of the light. Not only that, we are the carriers of the light. So another point of advice today for us is not to make decisions in the dark. I remember I was at a pivotal point in my life some years back, and I was talking with our bishop on the phone, and he said, I can't make your decision for you, but I can suggest this. Don't make decisions at midnight. Well, it was the middle of the day when we were talking. He wasn't speaking of a clock. He was talking about when your lights seem to go out, your light of understanding seems to go out. That's not the time to make decisions. Or when you're tired, when you're fatigued, when you're downhearted, pray. Pray in the Spirit. Spend time with God. Allow the light to illumine your soul before decisions are made. There's a point here to be made as well. Some people will change their ways when they see the light. Others will only change when they feel the heat. So which is it for us? Do we have to feel the heat before we budge? Or do we see the light and say, yes, Lord? I say yes to you. How loud does he have to speak? Can he just whisper? And we're sensitive and we say, yes, Lord. Or does he have to permit adversity to come in order to scream truth to us before we'll budge? I want to close with this story. While on maneuvers, a battleship lookout noted a light in the dark, foggy night. After noting the light's coordinates, the captain recognized his ship was on a collision course with the other vessel. The captain instructed, signal the ship, we're on a collision course. Advise you change course 20 degrees. The return signal countered, advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. So this is one ship talking to the other. The captain signaled, I'm a captain, change course 20 degrees. The response was, I'm a seaman second class, you'd better change course 20 degrees. By this time, the captain was furious. His signal curtly ordered, I'm a battleship, change course 20 degrees. The reply, I'm a lighthouse, you make the call. (sighs) 
So we are to allow the light of Christ to be steadfast, like a lighthouse in our life, and shine where he says to shine and go where he says to go. Because sometimes the way is not clear to us. And we're journeying through this life, sometimes not able to see things clearly. And we need the lighthouse. Others may command signals to us. We even may command our own signals. Because if you don't think you're willful, wait until your will is crossed. Then you'll realize how willful you are. And we can... And we can listen to this story and say, well, what was wrong with that stubborn person? Well, y'all, let's hold the mirror up. We can do equally the same and say, oh, but God, uh, uh, but God, but this is the way I understand it. But, but God, uh, this is the way I'm figuring it. And he said, I'm the lighthouse. So let's lean in to the truth of God's light. Amen. Father, I pray for those listening in, oh, well, and for myself as well, that we will have ears to hear and eyes to see, but not only that, a heart to yield to what the light of truth says. We thank you that you have entrusted your life in us. Lord, why you chose the body of Christ to express yourself in the earth is a mystery to us, but you have done so. So we say today, turn up your light inside of us and let us lead others to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.